damn it, my body's making noises. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Episode 16. Oh, yeah. We're down a couple people tonight. The NHL playoffs are going on. And that's the lamest excuse I've ever heard. <laughs> I don't know why you would miss this for, what, the first period of an NHL hockey game? It's just the Blue Jackets. Yeah. Well, Zach's just streaming uh, PUBG right now. <laughs> yeah. I literally just watched him win a game and asked if he was going to record tonight. Well, hopefully he still uh, sends in those Zach facts. Yeah. Yeah. We so got just time. E- email them in. <laughs> Let me check my email. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> so, Brom, you get anything fun this uh, last weekend? Uh, well, I watched this movie. And then uh, a buddy called me up, and I went over to his place, and there's a few, a few of us over there, and a thing he likes to do is the movie game, where everybody picks three movies, and uh, you just do, like, uh, elimination, like, snake draft, where you eliminate someone else's movie, and whoever, uh, whoever has the last movie out there, that's the movie we all watch. Oh, that's fun. So I actually uh, went with uh, aquatic adventure theme and did uh, Captain Phillips, The Rock, and The Island. And Ooh. all three of my movies were the last three alive. Everybody was like, yeah, I'd watch that. And really? Wow, even up, The Island? Yeah. And uh, I actually eliminated The Island, and we ended up watching Captain Phillips, which I've oh, never seen. Oh, you were the captain now. The rock. I That's where the my favorite thing to say during these podcasts, or one of my favorite things to say, besides all my dick jokes, uh, is uh, I'm the captain now. That's when we have a mutiny, straight up from Captain Phillips. That is a so you'd never seen that movie before? I had not. It was good. Well, I really it's enjoyed very it. good. I thought there was like one like awkward funny moment at the very end when the uh, pirate asks, um, "Are my friends dead?" And <laughs> you can see like the uh, the navy whatever he was officer or whatnot. You could see him like thinking, like I should probably say uh, that's confidential information. I can't share that with you. Uh, you could see that kind of like going through his head, but then he's just like, "Eh, Captain Phillips has been rescued, and all your friends are dead." <laughs> <laughs> and we're like, "Damn, Stone Cold! Dude, that's the way to do it. Can't let those guys win." So, Kyle, do you want to do you want to say what we were able to accomplish in the last week? Till my last night. Oh yeah. So- well, not last. Well, not last night. Two nights ago. Oh, yes. Shoot. We've been hanging out a lot. But this past week in our state, in our city, there was a Nicolas Cage trivia night at a brewery. (laughs) All questions, Nicolas Cage. Everything themed Nicolas Cage. Are you kidding? And we destroyed. Like, it wasn't even close. Like, we just, you know... Cleaned house. It was crazy. It no, was ridiculous. We, we won even... by 14 points. We won, We <laughs> answered 14 more questions correctly than the next team. Yeah. There were 40 total possible points. We won by 14. Yeah. And we even had to correct the trivia guy on this one question. It was ridiculous. He asked, which one of these actors has never been in a movie with Nicolas Cage? And we're sitting there looking at the list. It's- um, Christopher Lambert, John Goodman, Elijah Wood, and Sean, and Sean Penn. Penn. Okay. And we're like- He's been in movies with all these people. Yeah, so we're like, <laughs> I I guess maybe it's Christopher Lambert. So that's the one we just ended up putting yeah. down. And he gets up there and he reads. He's like, he's never been in a movie with Elijah Wood. God, I Elijah immediately Wood. went off. It's like, no way. Oh, I, no I way. actually really liked the movie that he was in with Elijah Wood. Yeah. yeah the Trust. The Trust. Yeah. And he, <laughs> he's like, which he's one? Like, which one? Yeah, he's like, was this movie <laughs> made within the last six months? I'm like, no, it was in 2016. It's I'm like, not within the last six months. <laughs> and one of the guys on our team... Pulls it up on IMDb. He's like, "Look, they're even on the poster." Together. Yeah. And the other, the other teams were like, "You're already winning. <laughs> Why well, you get? You're already winning." Yeah, I mean, if I had to pick somebody to uh, go out for a million dollars and win me a Nicolas Cage trivia, it would definitely be Kyle. So, well, what? you'd be mistaken. It's it's Jamie. the brain, Jamie. Okay. You're a big Nick Cage fan too, huh? Okay. I he was literally sure. writing down answers. There were to multiple, multiple choice, multiple choice rounds before and, they yeah. were even done. We were basically treating them like fill in the blanks because <laughs> we already knew those answers. Well, good work, but yeah. Guys. So we were champs. We're the Nick Cage champs. I'm proud. Thank you. You should be. Mm-hmm. And I I like to trust that uh, didn't get very good uh, critical praise, but I actually thought it was really good. It was fun. I will watch any Nick Cage movie. <laughs> All right. Uh, this is not. This was not a Nicolas Cage movie, but should we get into the film anyways? Probably should. Okay. Time to dive this sub. What began as an innocent conversation among friends would soon spiral out of control 
and later be referred to by future generations as the eighth wonder of the modern world. Mac East Second Floor Studios takes you on the journey of your lifetime as your captains, Alex the Mustard Man, the artist formerly known as Brom, Jamie the Brain, Kyle L. Capitan, and Zach the Backbone present Submersion. All right, Brom, which one did we watch today? We watched, here's your first sack fact, the sequel to Final Destination, Destination Tokyo. Ooh. That's, that's a Zach fact. Yes, it is. This movie's from 1943, so it's really old. It's during the war, which is crazy. During yeah. World War II. That they go out and film a sub movie. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> with like an active sub. Yeah. <laughs> Parts of it were filmed like, or like with, uh, were uh, help, with the help of people who were like on active subs and went out on active duty afterwards. <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah. Uh, it stars Cary Grant, John Garfield, and Alan Hale. Currently has a 7.2 on IMDb. Rotten Tomatoes, user score 65. This movie, you know, in the last episode we talked about some Oscar noms. Yep. This is one that got one for best writing for the original story. There you go. So <laughs> let's just get let's get straight into this. So uh, we open up in Washington D.C. They're typing up tip tap tap on their typewriters, typing up a little secret secret mission for our boy uh, Cary Grant, one of the premier submarine captains. Everyone fucking fucking loves him, and they send it out to San Francisco. And they start loading up this submarine that they're on the copper fin, right? USS copper fin. Yes. And uh, they're loading it up with every all the essentials of a pretty important mission, such as food and torpedoes. Basically, mm-hmm. those two things, because that's what you need. Somebody just asked for steaks, though. They oh yeah, sure yeah. he steaks. wanted. Oh, they they made sure they had um, hot sauce for Cary Grant, and he's like, make sure you bring some steaks in that. And they were like, <laughs> of course. But he also has to kind of give a speech to let the guys know that while they were supposed to be going on yeah. shore leave. Sorry, guys, it's Christmas Eve, but we got to get out on this sub because we got a super special mission. And nobody looks too upset about no. it because it's, you know, that old school film and everybody's just smiling like, oh, all right. <laughs> Gee cool. whiz, Captain. I'm glad we could be of service. Yeah. And uh, I think also like they get this, they have a sense that they not only love him and trust him as their captain, but that there's like a bunch of people on the boat who really want to go out and, and kill people. <laughs> they're, they're jazzed to murder some uh, people in the you know, scope Orient. Of, yes, scope of war. <laughs> so we're introduced to some of the characters. We've got a, a young guy. Um, he said, call me Slim, but what was his name again? I can't even remember. He's young kind of the young guy. guy. He's being kind of mentored by uh, like the chief of the boat, uh, Mike, or one of the chiefs of the boat or whatever. He's a torpedo man. Oh, Mike is that is. right? Mike's a torpedo man. And then we also have uh, a Greek guy, Tin Cup, uh, or Tin Can, um, and he's got a secret reason why he really wants to kill these Japanese people. Yes, he does. For they don't they don't reveal it until like later. And, and we have Wolf, total ladies. Man. Oh man, are we regaled with some stories about the ladies? <laughs> he's always killing it. He brought this little doll on board, which is the creepiest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> oh my god, that's super weird. But mm-hmm. I guess that's something like when we with that interview we had last week, where it's kind of like a frat house that you're kind of in there. Like that's the thing where you're like, kind of like your frat brother who has like. Like a doll, and you're like, hey, cool. Yeah. It's a doll. And he's like, hey, I'm sleeping with it tonight. Give us some privacy. And everyone's like, gay, cool. Yeah. He's played by the co-star, uh, John Garfield. Yeah, sad, yeah. Sto- sad story with him, but I'll get to that in, in trivia. Then we see the captain. He goes down to his quarters, and he kind of writes this letter that was cracking me up. Because he's, yeah. he's writing to his wife. Yeah, it's like, dear honey. I really miss you. I hope you like the nylon stockings I got you. Do you know why they said that, though? <laughs> No. These are these are all jokes that within the war would have made sense. Nylon was, you know, something that was uh, you couldn't get a lot of because it was used in in wartime stuff, oh, stuff okay. to make it. So like you couldn't get nylon stockings. So it was kind of like a a great crazy treat for her him to have been able to get. Like, don't ask me where I got them yeah. because like he obviously had to jump through hoops. And I was thinking that as I watched it, like this is 1943. This is true golden age. Yeah, like shit. And these just a bunch of the jokes are kind of like okay in the time I'm sure people would have been like yeah obviously obviously, obviously yeah, you watch cool, it now cool, you're cool, like cool, cool, cool. what but now it's like don't tell me don't make me say where I bought these nylons and you're like what the fuck does that mean <laughs> I know I thought it was just some kind of maybe like some creepy joke or whatever type yeah, yeah. situation yeah. Um, but then he's he couldn't find a toy submarine for little Michael yeah. he was sad about and then there's also a shortage of teddy bears but don't worry he found one for Debbie 
And he does hope that the chicken pox didn't leave scars on her cute face. That's another one, 1943, where it's like chicken pox, where they're like, I hope she's not scarred for life with yeah. those chicken pox. <laughs> and so then the sub just takes off. Yeah. And when they're kind of walking through the bunk area, there's some guy playing a Nazi flute. Yeah, yeah, he got it. Well, it was a fake one. That's what they said. They're like, yeah. you got had. Like, that was a fake flute or whatever. You spent $5 on that? Yeah. But they're they're all kind of like joshing about. And this whole front part of the of the movie is really them just kind of like heading out to sea. They don't know at all what they're up to. And they're really just going through some like drills and all right, let's doing be real. whatever. The first part of this movie is just them wishing each other a Merry Christmas. Yeah. And then having like a Christmas dinner and giving gifts. Like there's a whole scene where like they give gifts to each other and they're all like little jokes with little poems. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like talking about how the, the cook makes terrible food or whatever. Yeah. And the cook gets all upset. He does. He yeah. goes off. He's like, you know what? When you when we go out to war, I'm here the whole time. But you guys are going to be the ones getting the credit. And all I do is sweat over this oven or whatever. And everyone's like about. laughing nervously. Like, that doesn't sound like much of a joke. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, really I wish we didn't just give you this set of knives. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, so I have this whole thing with Christmas. And then there's there's different parts where they're like, uh, Mike, do you think do you think prayer works when you're out in sea? And he's like, I'm you know, I know that God exists. Just like I know there's salt in the ocean. I don't have to go out there and taste it. And they're like, oh, good. I'm glad I know that God exists. <laughs> but then there's one guy who uh, does not believe. Oh, no. Yeah, and... it's Pills. who's going to be the doctor. And they're like, do you believe in God? He's like, I'm not just sure about that. And like, so are you an atheist? And he's like, I wouldn't go. I wouldn't put a label on it like that, basically. Mm-hmm. But I just know that I don't believe and stuff like that. You see? Yeah. yeah. Oh, oh, he'll believe. There's a mar- miracles are afoot on this. They thing. are, but they come up later. So, anyways, it gets past Christmas. Uh, I don't think there's not really much goes on before they get the mission, right? They're just kind of cruising uh, about. I mean, they're just going around talking. You're you're getting some character development. Getting and- Wolf. Wolf was telling some of his stories about seeing like a a girl. Uh, oh no, that's after they actually they do know their mission, right? He's reminded of it because of yeah. He says he's I, always just talking yeah. about all these situations he's getting into with women and yeah, yeah. How basically he's irresistible. <laughs> All those routines kind of sound like uh, Abbott and Costello routines where they're like, come on, just tell us the story. Yeah, a little bit. Back yeah. and forth. <laughs> yes. And so uh, finally we get to the point where they're going to open up their mission. And it kind of a kind of a funny little scene where like because he needs to he opens up the mission. They're going up to the Aleutian Islands to pick up a meteorologist or they call it like an aerologist. And uh, then they're going to head over and they're going to infiltrate Tokyo Bay. So a very, very, very important mission for their uh, submarine. And uh, because of the maps that he needs to get and stuff like that, he sends people to get these maps and kind of like settle it. Everyone on the on the boat knows even before he announces it that they are going to be doing this very important mission and infiltrating Tokyo Bay, which is, you know, as we've seen in other ones, there's going to be submarine nets. There's going to be mines. There's going to be, you know, basically everything to prevent people from getting into that bay. It's going to be really hard. But, you know, we get regaled with the story. Wolf is reminded of this uh, this lady because he's like, oh, I, I've always wanted to, you know, bed an oriental lady or something equally. A like, geisha. A geisha, yeah. Something like completely politically incorrect. But then he goes into this really long story about seeing this lady outside of a like a dress shop or something like that. Mm-hmm. And we even get like a flashback to it. I was like, wait, what's happening here? It was a very long movie with a lot of these little intercut scenes. Like but two, I thought two this flashback, I mean, that's kind of, you know, more of a modern day type thing. I think they probably took it from something like this. You're talking about like in every movie from here on out well, you know. with flashbacks? Yeah. Yeah. They can all point back to sure. Destination Tokyo. Yeah. Nothing like Citizen Kane or anything that really, truly revolutionized no. narratives in cinema. <laughs> sure, 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 no. sure, sure, sure. We only talk about sub-movies. Right. Um, and Nick Cage. Anyways, they, they they start they head up to the Aleutian Islands and they basically see, oh, okay, you know, we can see the uh the boat that we're supposed to pick this guy up from, right? The boat. Oh no, it's a plane. And it lands in the water and uh they send someone over get to get this guy and all his equipment and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And when they bring him up back up on board, they see there's some Japanese planes kind of watching them and they're attacking them. So they kinda get in a little shootout, a couple of people get shot, they shoot down these planes. All right, but nobody <laughs> Even though people weren't necessarily manning guns on the deck of the sub, mm-hmm. people were not taking cover. They didn't care. Nope. They're just like, shoot it down. Yeah. <laughs> They're like slapping the back of the guy working the cannon. Like, yeah. Okay. A couple of people get like shot, riddled with bullets, and they're like, <laughs> yeah. cool. Okay. Pull them in. And then uh, we'll be fine. a Japanese parachuter dives out of this plane. Before his plane crashes right into the side of a mountain. For sure. Uh, and this was like real planes. Definitely wasn't models. Don't worry about it. They probably spent like a hundred million dollars on this movie and uh but he falls into the water and they're like 
the captain's like, give me that, that Japanese soldier. I want to like question him. And so, uh, the torpedo man, Mike goes down to pick him out of the water and ends up getting stabbed to death. And <laughs> this was also very weird yeah. because he just, they could have just gr- thrown a rope at this guy Anything, and then pulled yeah. up, but no, he jumped down in the water to try to grab him by the in collar. In like Alaska. <laughs> yeah. And pull him up. Yeah. And then obviously he gets stabbed in the back. Right. And then, uh, his, the kid he's mentoring is like no it's like just literally riddles this guy with bullets like a hundred rounds into oh, this yeah. into this guy as he like sinks to the bottom of the water he's like <laughs> i was too late i killed him but i was too late and everyone's like yeah you yeah yeah he gets stabbed and then you shot him but like you don't have to worry about it like you know he should have been watching it like it's uh, you know it's not your fault or whatever but he's like all broken up about it yeah it was he did do a little bit of overkill on that guy yeah Somebody even had to stop. Yeah. <laughs> like, so that's enough. And so then he actually ends up becoming the hero again, right? Because, like, he's so thin that he can volunteer to get this oh, unexploded bomb. Yeah. But this part was also kind of weird because while the planes were flying over, I thought this was just a screw up. It didn't explode or whatever. Yeah, well, the, the... <laughs> this bomb just hits the sub and just breaks through the top. Yeah. And everybody's like, all right, whatever. Yeah, sure. That could have been the end right there. Right. So they have this the kid go in and, and kind of uh, defuse the bomb. So he's he's a hero as well, but he's in kind of a sad situation. So before they head off to Tokyo, they bury uh, they bury Mike at sea, like we've seen in some other films as well, where they have him on top on top covered in an American flag and they kind of push him into the water. Mm-hmm. So burial at sea, and everyone's up there and everyone's sad except for Tin Can, the the Greek American. And they're all like pissed at him. They're like, "What were you What were you doing? Why What was so effing important that you?" you know, couldn't be up there mourning this guy up on the bridge. And he mm-hmm. tells them exactly why, which is like, I had to make a coffee. <laughs> right. Here's <laughs> coffee. So important. Um, he goes, uh, you know, my, my uncle, my beloved uncle, the smartest guy I've ever known was killed by the Nazis. And every person who dies at the hands of the enemy, like hurt me even more, you know, each time. And I just can't do it. I can't do it. I want to make them pay so badly that I can't watch you bury another one of our soldiers. I need to bury all of them. And it's like, woo, all right. This Everybody's guy's like, motivated. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, submarine makes its way, and, and it gets outside of uh, Tokyo Bay, and they're kind of waiting uh, around a little bit. Cause, and I, it was interesting, too, because I, even I didn't totally know the plan at this point, because they end up seeing, they're kind of waiting there, sitting there, and they see three ships, one of them uh, a damaged uh, Japanese ship, and then mm-hmm. two kind of escorting it. And they're like, fucking perfect and you know carrie grant's like finally i can pull out my dick i've been waiting this entire time but here it is boys and everyone's like "Woo, pull it out and he's like boom <laughs> and then but he's like and everyone's like thinking they're gonna do a torpedo right that i was thinking they were gonna torpedo the shit out of the boat I was right like, cool let's get some sub action but no because the trick is is they're gonna follow this damaged boat because it has to like they have to open up the Subnets. The subnets and they gotta they gotta weave through the mines. They're gonna follow along, and because they can be underneath these boats, no one will know. It's a real like um, uh, down periscope type trick, right? Like you go right underneath the boat yep. and kind of get lost, like Phantom, where you just smack into it. Right, sure, and then you use you engage your Phantom. Uh, yes. they, I don't think they had a Phantom though. Probably not. Uh, not yet. Yeah, I agree to disagree. <laughs> <laughs> Did you see it? It's right on top of it. It's the right boat. there. I engaged that fan down. Uh and so uh I was like, oh wow, and even Tin Can is like, why are we why are we sinking these guys? Like, aren't you guys angry? And they're like, No, 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 that's all part of the plan. And so they follow along and it's a real tense, a little bit like a tense moment as they as they don't want to be heard, but they want to get real close up near it. Uh, because they're they're not sure how much of the net they're going to open, how much of the subnet they're actually going to open. So they don't. That, and they the also net. need to use it to disguise themselves yeah. in case anybody's running active sonar. Right. And so, uh, but it all works, and they end up in the in in Tokyo Bay, and it's it's you know pretty incredible. Like they even hear like Tokyo Rose, they tap into the radio, and Tokyo Rose is basically like, "There's no subs anyway. We've figured it out, and America just should give up because no subs can get near us." And it's like, <laughs> "There's a sub right there in Tokyo <laughs> Bay." Um, and then they just go and they float down to the bottom, and yep. they're going to hang out there because 
They're going to send people out at yeah, night. For sure. So they brought the guy who's the aerologist slash meteorologist. I, I'm just going to call him meteorologist because I didn't, I, 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 that's, I don't know the other one. <laughs> like I'm, yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I'd be calling him meteorologist. And, uh, but he's going to, he grew up in Japan. So like he knows Tokyo really well. And he can speak Japanese. And he can speak Japanese and he's, you know, good at the weather. And basically the whole idea is they're going to be bombing Tokyo and it's going to be the first bombings of Tokyo in the war, but they need to know all these, the, all the weather and stuff to be able to make it, you know, accurate. They, they can't have their like planes, you know, caught in storms and they need to know the humidity and the wind and all this stuff, everything to make the mission a success. Oops. So they, uh, they need this guy to go out there and report back what the, what the weather is and stuff like mm-hmm. that. So they recruit him, a guy named Sparks. Uh, was he the XO? No, they said the XO. I can't really remember. No, the XO, the, uh, I think Carrie Grant said the XO, like, you can't leave here. What would I do when, you know, blah, blah, right. So I think it's like Sparks, who maybe was like the electrician or something. And okay. then Wolf, the womanizer, who in kind of a surprise, they're like, you know, we, we know you have daring, like, you can do it. And he's like, yeah, yeah I, got, I got daring. And then he kind of jokes, like, it's really because I'm dumb. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know to say no. <laughs> like, so I'm going to go. And they head off, and basically the idea is they're going to be off on land for a while. They're going to do some other missions. They're going to do some reconnaissance themselves as the sub. But like two days later or whatever, they're going to pick them back up uh, out on the water. And so you really only see them leave the sub, and then it kind of cuts back to the sub. And we get a really lengthy story of Cary Grant talking about his son getting a haircut. Yep. Which is apparently a very important thing because it even comes up again later. Yeah, like flashes (laughs) on the screen. Yeah. then all of a sudden, somebody busts in. And they're like, "Hey, the newbie has a f- temperature of 103 degrees. Yeah, he's real sick. He ain't doing so hot. No." And so he's like, "Cary Grant goes over and goes like, Pills, come over here. What's wrong with him?'" And Pills is like, uh, "I don't want to say because it's uh, it really sucks. Uh, I know what it is, but we don't. I don't want to say it. Like, you better say it." He's like, "He's got appendicitis, and uh, they we have to we have to operate him or he's gonna die." He's like, "So you're gonna operate him, right?" And Pills is like, uh, I'm not a doctor. <laughs> I'm just like a field medic. It's like, but you've seen it before, right? Like, yeah, a couple. I've seen people do, uh, you know, appendectomies a couple times. Like, perfect. All the, <laughs> all the experience you need. Yeah. Go at it. It's like, which is one of the funny things because I, I, I had asked my w- wife, who's a doctor, like, if I, we were on desert island, I had appendicitis. Would she operate me? So she's not a surgeon. She's a doctor. Mm-hmm. And she was like, No, I would kill you. Like. You would she just die. Kill you? No, no. Oh. Anything that by operating on me, like I have a better chance of surviving by just trying to get over the infection without it rupturing than her actually trying to perform surgery on me. So, like, I was watching this, being like, he probably shouldn't be doing this. <laughs> just try to have him survive. Well, know. yeah, they're just they're just making all sorts of weird little tools. Yeah. They take the knife set that the cook got and they yeah. shave them down into little scalpels and. <laughs> Just boiling all the stuff and yeah. pots they have. And they got go into the surgery and they're just pouring ether onto this guy and he's praying. So this is the big thing. It's like, you know, I'm gonna pray I'm gonna pray. It's like, okay. So he's praying and they, they put him under and in the middle of surgery they run out of ether. So he's basically not even under anesthesia anymore. Mm-hmm. So the like we're gonna kill him because he's you know we can't operate without anesthesia. Like this is this is impossible. It's like you just gotta finish your job, and he finished pills finishes, and uh, they're like, okay, is he okay? And they he leans down, and there he is still praying, and he survived. Yep. And pills is like, uh, I now have found God. Basically, he says, I found God. Yeah. Uh, not so many words until later. <laughs> right. And this it was also kind of funny right before the surgery. Cookie, the cook guy, he's like. If you come out of this, I'll make you anything yep. you want. He's like, just go ahead and start on a pumpkin pie right now. And then after he, doesn't, he finishes yeah. the He surgery, doesn't start on a – spoiler alert, he does not start right away. Because yeah. he's like, you're going to probably die. Yeah. <laughs> Why would I waste my time making a pumpkin pie? Come on. <laughs> like, like, get like, out wow, here. dude, cold-blooded. Yeah. Like, that's all he sees him, he isn't praying. He's like, oh, shit, I better get on this pumpkin pie. <laughs> It's like, oh, that's weird. It's still warm. It's almost as if you didn't start it right when the surgery began. It's like, I was what? out for like four mm. hours. This should have been oh, done a long time ago. About. And so then we get we get some flashes over to the uh, the guys uh, doing the weather stuff, and he kind of does the weather report, which is all in Japanese. It was kind of hilarious because he clearly had like a really bad accent. He was speaking Japanese, but like his accent does not sound like 
like it almost sounded like he wasn't speaking Japanese to the to a point. So like his accent was clearly very bad. And was like, and I, I love Wolf comes in. He's like, they're gonna think it's his. They're gonna think it's their guy. And then they flash over to the Japanese, who immediately are like, um, someone's up there. You know, probably American uh, enemy up there. Like Send definitely a bunch check of it dudes out. With guns. Sure. Like they were not tricked. They never for one second thought it was actually a Japanese person. Might they as well, as well have been in American in English. Like who would have cared? Yeah, they probably wouldn't have been able to understand. Just no. I don't know what the hell that is. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, and but anyways, they you know right when they after they send the report, um, they head down and uh, basically have to run straight over to the sub because uh, they're going to be caught. So anyways, but they narrowly escape. They narrowly escape. Get onto the sub. The sub you know dives down and they are able to see the uh, planes come in and start bombing Tokyo and stuff like that. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there's a lot of things in this movie that are said that are not kosher in today's oh, yeah, language yeah. you know i'd sure like to hook an illusion salmon cute if i opened him up and there was a jap in there fried jap and tartar sauce i'll take my boiled oil here come our boys i hear japs are happy to die for their emperor a lot of them are going to be made very happy yeah, so there was a there was a long, there was a running theme or like a sh- a strain in this uh, narrative where they were talking a lot about like Japanese culture and kind of the culture of the Japanese. Like at one point they're like they don't even have a word in their language for like love, w- love or women like respecting women. Like they don't respect women like our Western culture does, <laughs> which is really f- like you know somewhat ironic given the the move like the movement in America right right now. Yeah. It's kind of like this whole idea of being like women have forever been disrespect in our yeah. culture yeah this movie that you're watching where it's like they don't they're they're savages they don't respect our women like we the women like we do and it's like oh okay <laughs> great <laughs> all right well, fine uh and they have they have a bunch of other stuff too i mean I, even even when he's writing that letter in the very beginning of the movie they have a um uh they have a book on it called like uh race the like the oriental uh race like uh genetic or race something race culture right near him on it like on his desk like his book and it's a fake book like i looked online like it's not a real book it was it's a prop made for this movie because they wanted something that said oriental like race culture well they also have a thing earlier on where they talk about um the guy who stabbed mike in the back how yeah. he was probably trained to do that since he was born. Since he was like 10. Because yeah, yeah. Mike's kid, when he was five, Mike went out and bought his kid the nicest pair of roller skates. And that kid, when he was five, was given a knife. Yeah. And so then by the time he was seven, he was being taught by some kind of military instructor. Then when he was 13, he could take a machine gun apart, blindfolded. And there just need to be more rollerblades in the world. Yeah. You know, if Mike were here to put it into words right now, that's just about what he died for. More roller skates in this world, including some for the next generation of Japanese kids, because that's the kind of a man Mike was. So they have a they have a, they have a bunch of stuff in here with, with that kind of stuff. But anyways, yes. they, they kind of they're celebrating this bombing, and uh, Tin Can in particular is like pretty jazzed. That's all he. That's really all he wanted in life. Like he could have died. He was like, yeah, fine. Yeah. This is good. Like I saw that boat just go yeah. down. So, anyways, the they, uh, the Japanese kind of like rally the troops, and so they're heading out of the uh, out of the harbor, and they're like, "Perfect opportunity. We're going to go out the same way we came in by kind of hugging along with this boat." Mm-hmm. And so they head out, and they head out of the harbor, and then they are what are they attacking? Oh, yeah, they're sending up. There's a there's a ship that they see that's sending up planes to battle their own planes, and yeah, they're like, an "This is our t- this is our time, boys. Like, this is where we have to save people as well." They just bombed Japan. It's time to save those planes, and so they go up and they torpedo the shit out of this boat. Um, oh yeah, and they're yeah they're pretty happy to be sending off these torpedoes too. They're like, oh yeah, like four torpedoes straight out of this thing. They even turn around. They're like, it's not, it, we're not done with it yet. It hasn't <laughs> sunk. Like, let's get to the other side of that. So they they go right under it and they're like, shoot some more, and they just poop out some more torpedoes straight into the uh, into the boat, and it sinks like a motherfucker. They were relentless. Oh, I think yeah. they probably used every torpedo they had on that boat yeah. in that one. Well, but the, unfortunately, what this means is like a million boats come out and start depth charging. So we went from U five seven one with which was like. 30% depth charging straight into another one where we had like 40 minutes of depth charging where they, oh, yeah, the they were literally, and they really did kind of tell you like what it was all about, which is like, we literally sit here, we pray and hope that we don't die, but otherwise just get used to rocking around. Hold on. Like, 
There's nothing. That's you can basically do. What we, that's basically all we can do. And it, even it ends in the end. It's like they're just kind of rocking around. People are getting injured and stuff like that. And they're like, <sighs> he's like real tired. He's sweating. Everyone is taking off their like shirts and stuff like that because it's so hot in the goddamn sub. Mm-hmm. And like all of the water. It's you know we we have the one thing we do have in this movie. We don't have fish. We don't have mutiny. We don't have fire. But we do have breach tall and stuff. We get water coming in or burst pipes and stuff like that. Yeah. From these. Uh, but it's not. Charges. It's not like a huge no, thing. No, no, There's no, just no. a couple scenes of it. Yeah, they're trying to uh, trying to move the water from one room to another and stuff like that eventually the captain is just pissed yeah he's just tired he's like he's like fuck this like how many are up there and they're like we can only we can only see one now Ooh, Ooh, we're like perfect yeah we are like we can only see one right now and they're like perfect let's get the hell up there and take this out so they get up up above uh onto the surface they see the boat shoot off some torpedoes blow it to smithereens and then it's as if no other boats ever existed because they're like yeah. <laughs> let's go home <laughs> this this part kind of confused me because they were just getting depth charge after depth charge after mm-hmm. depth charge they're like oh there's only one boat up there i thought what well, shouldn't yeah. there be like a million boats trying to get you guys and but- shouldn't and shouldn't that a point there's one boat it's like wait we can pretty much get out of here like why don't we just go that way like how is it going to really know well, where you we want to take it down but yeah, I know, I know. But I'm saying, like, it, it is a case where, like, if they were heavily damaged and stuff like that, instead of being like frustrated and be like, "Let's just go," like, they could actually probably have just snuck away. Anyways, yeah, maybe um, but, after but, a wildly successful mission. <laughs> yes, fantastic explosion, and yes. then they sail into San Francisco. Oh yeah, and it's funny. You get some guys working on the bridge. You're like, oh, do you think that submarine saw any action? And they're like, eh, no, not. definitely not. And then uh, they they are going into harbor, and he looks over and he thinks he sees his wife. And he's like, I thought I saw my wife. I, I couldn't be that lucky. And then the other guy's like, check it again. And he pulls up his binoculars. And there's his wife. She's like, and he's like, <laughs> that scene was really kind of funny. <laughs> it's basically like Phantom, it's yeah. like, which is, this is all imagined. They died in those depth charges. They could have. Anyways. Is that the alternative ending? <laughs> it's a real ending. Yeah. Rest, that's, rest uh, is a dream. <laughs> that's it, man. That's it. It's Destination Tokyo. Yeah, let's get some ratings. I'm excited to hear about the ratings on this guy. Yeah. Uh, let's see, there's only three of us. Yeah. Brom, we're going to start with you, Brom. Yeah. What do you think about this movie? Well, boys, I got to say, I was really impressed with the special effects in this movie for 1943. I thought... Um, it looked fun, yeah. It looked it looked good. Um, I mean, obviously, you could tell there was, there was some models and aquariums and things like that, but I mean... That oh, aside, yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah, sure. We were joking. We were joking about how like shallow everything was. Yeah, you're obviously in these tanks, so like you could always see the bottom of the ocean, even no matter where they were. They were just like several meters above the bottom of the ocean. <laughs> Didn't yeah. really make sense. But I mean, even today, like if you gave us like a month, like you, me, and Kyle, a month to do that, I I don't think we could beat that. You don't think you can make uh, Hollywood level uh, models for a submarine battle? No way. That would Rom, be very dumb. Come on. <laughs> come on, dude. Not giving yourself enough credit. This is a man who made a sign for a destroyer. This is you, right? <laughs> I'm not thinking. That is me. Okay. That is me. <laughs> we, could do, we could do the models. Yeah. I, we have a model of a submarine sitting right here, right That's next true. to us. doesn't look super real. No, but, it's not great. <laughs> but it would work for our movie. Sure. But between that, I thought the torpedo combat was some of the best that I've seen. I know I joined sort of the casting with you guys episode eight or nine but since since that point i thought the torpedo combat in this movie was um really good uh it was exciting intense if you were to watch another one uh run silent run deep also does some good torpedo stuff Mm -hmm. that that's on my list to watch i really want to see crimson tide too based on what you guys thought about that one not much torpedoes in that one just i mean i guess there is actually they they do they do move they do move around Yeah, yeah 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 not as many though but uh, on Destination Tokyo, I particularly liked the second half of the movie. I thought the the first half was really slow. It really felt like a like a USO film or something that they they designed it to show it to the troops. It was just like little sketches and comedy um, bits and the flashbacks with the the girls and the womanizing and all of that. And it ultimately made the movie a little too long. But uh, I ended up watching this in two parts. I started watching it about half the movie 
one night and stopped right after the Alaska scene uh, with the backstabbing and the funeral and then picked up from there. And really, if you start watching from there, it's it's pretty much all action with them going into the Tokyo Bay and uh, infiltrating uh, the, the dry land and then uh, escaping and ultimately sinking a few ships. They sink, they sink the destroyer and the flat top, as they call it, the aircraft carrier. And I thought all of that was really fun. And again, I just I really enjoyed this this movie, and I'm starting to get a little congested at the seven spot. And I'm going to give this a bump over the other movies I've rated a seven. I'm going to give this a seven and a quarter incher. Wow! All right, I am going to uh, agree with a lot of what you said. I thought when I started watching this movie, uh, as it started with this like Christmas stuff and some pretty explicit kind of. Uh, religious uh, overtones kind of being this this is it's three different points basically in the movie they kind of contemplate the idea of god and prayer and stuff like that which seems out of place uh nowadays in like a major you know film release or whatever um and so things like that i thought for sure i'd come out of this being like you know it is what it is and like blah 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 but once we got up to the aleutian islands and onwards like I was really into it. I was actually really liked this movie. <laughs> like once they were in, in in Tokyo Bay, I was I was like on the edge of my seat watching this like 1943 movie with models. Yeah. Like clearly, I was sitting there being like, "This is I think what they mean when they say movie magic." Like mm-hmm. it's clearly like people on green screen combined with people on like a set combined with models. And I'm sitting there being like, "Gee whiz, I hope they survive these death charges and things <laughs> like that." So like, like I actually really really enjoyed it. I was very impressed with it. In the end, they could have easily cut this down to about an hour 35 maybe mm-hmm. by cutting out a lot of the extra kind of fat to it but this was this was 1943 so i think those kind of like extra scenes that you saw were you know part of that having wolfie uh wolf say like three different times lengthy stories of his sexual conquests uh yep. while fun was maybe you could have boiled that down to one of them <laughs> like, well, i don't know fun. uh and cookie like at one point the cook you know, opens up a phone book and literally talks about like loving reading the phone book for like five minutes. Like it probably would have been cut nowadays. Mm-hmm. Yep. So things like that where it's like uh, they could have trimmed the fat a little bit, but uh, underneath all that fat was like a really, really nice film that Even I really Even the appendicitis enjoyed. scene, like. Yeah, they could have cut, the cut that a little bit, cut that down a little bit. So um, I, but I did really enjoy it and I think I'm going to give it an 8.0. I think that was the same as I gave Run Silent Run Deep. And so I think I'll do that. You dirty SOB. You're right on to me. Uh, yes, I have to echo a lot of what you guys were saying. When it first started, like you were saying, I was kind of like, what am I watching what here? What is this? This is going to yeah. be kind of strange. But I think overall, they did do a very good job with character development in the movie. Yeah. Uh, so, for instance, I know Wolf had a lot of those stories, but then you also saw characters in the movie start to get upset with him. They're like, yeah. will you just shut up? Like, well, it's not even shut up. It's not it. even shut up because the stories were always like these roundabout things. Like, he'd mm-hmm. talk about like seeing a lady and she looked like she just got a bath and she smells like flowers. And like, okay, cool. And it's like, and I got up and she sure did smell like flowers and her skin was clean and glistening. And they're like, Right, right, right. Flowers, B- bath. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Keep yeah. it. Go, 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 go. And he, yeah. he's like, because <laughs> he's so roundabout. They're like, they Come kept on. doing it. Kept doing it. We want to jerk off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what? Give us that little doll. <laughs> but yeah, I th- like you guys said, once they got into, to- well, once they got up into the islands and there was that firefight, oh my gosh, it was awesome, especially for 1943. Yeah. I was like, there's no way this movie's going to be good. It's funny that it but is. But it's awesome. It's funny that they don't remake films like this. This is really good. It is interesting because you think about it. Maybe it's just like there's not the ca- the uh, cultural cachet to something like uh, the Doolittle Raid, right? This 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 first bombing of Tokyo anymore. No one knows what it is. Like mm-hmm. I say, Doolittle Raid. No one knows that, right? I know it because I of this movie. <laughs> and so like, but like, so there's no like, but like, something like this is a really interesting storyline. And what they can't they can't make it interesting enough. I'm just I, it's a little confusing. Right. I mean, yeah. you don't. Maybe miss- it's hard to. Could you do it justice? I think you could use more modern techniques, right? But do you need to? It's yeah. a classic. It's already good in its own right. I mean, it's from '43, yeah. but I didn't feel like I was watching like a piece of garbage. It was not well made. This was this was good. I was as surprised with this. I was probably even more surprised with this than I was with Run Silent Run Deep. Right, yeah, I granted. I that's, agree with that. That's you know a little few years down the road, right. like '59, but. Mm-hmm. 
Great. I'm well, also going to yeah. match you at an eight with this. I'm just, I'm, I guess I'm surprised that there isn't someone out there kind of being like, do we need more uh, stories from World War II at this moment? Maybe not. Maybe right. that. Maybe that's just not culturally what people want well, anymore. I mean, no, please, by all means, give me another superhero movie. Right, exactly. But I almost think, like, in terms of like a, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, is there no one out there being like, what happens if we started making some of these great war stories and adapting them again? Because there's all this material that already exists. Like they right. made they made movie after movie about the Doolittle Raid back in the 40s because it was such a huge thing. But like. And obviously it was a big enough story to make like all these movies back then. So it's interesting that no one now goes like, I wonder if people would be interested in the raid on Tokyo at this point. Maybe it's also just like politically incorrect or there's 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 these landmines you have to kind of walk that no one wants to do. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, because you, you are seeing do. things. You think about last year. Dunkirk. Dunkirk. Yeah. And what's Finest Hour? Or is it sure. Our Finest yep. with Gary Oldman? Yeah, it's Finest Hour, yeah. World War II movies do yeah. awesome. Yeah, Dunkirk's a remake too. It's been years now, but yeah. Saving Private Ryan. And the other awesome. thing is that now that we are a blockbuster podcast, you'd mm-hmm. think they'd be wanting to make more submarine movies to really cash in on our popularity. You would. Yeah. So we'll see them down the pike. Yeah, Dunkirk was a remake too. And uh, I mean, really on paper, the story of that isn't all that compelling. I mean, compared to what right. we've been watching with some of these submarine films, I'm not belittling that movie in any way that movie was awesome but i mean it was sort of the visceral feel of the movie that made it you know that set it over the edge yeah. but i mean this the story was nothing 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 set that apart from what we've been watching and, and there is a natural tension to a submarine film you know this idea of being underwater and you know death charges and torpedoes and you're trying to be silent and you don't want to be caught but maybe you're caught and now you got a battle and it, it's isn't it's, it's just like a natural tension to the the storylines and you you've seen you've been able to see in some of the newer ones we've been watching how good they actually can be yeah like you five seven one that had a great tension i mean granted that's almost 20 years old now yeah well, anyways and phantom obviously. Uh, obviously phantom i mean please <laughs> But but uh, I, this is really getting us thinking. I mean, this movie you can you can tell that it's a it's a very good movie as we all are trying to figure out why there's not more of them, <laughs> like it, <laughs> right? Kind of released. All right, so I'm gonna I'm gonna dive into uh, some trivia uh, real quick while we're, while this is fresh in our minds. Uh, so the operation uh, submarine uh, of the submarine, as shown, was so accurate that the Navy used it in training film for World War II. Uh, and two members of the real-life U.S. Navy submarine U.S. Swahu were consultants and technical advisors on the film. Uh, they were the crew member Andy Lennox and Lieutenant Commander Dudley Walker Morton. And as a way of saying thank you, the canned pumpkin used by Cookie to make the pie yes. was Lennox. So it was named, named for him because he was the advisor. No way. Yeah. Uh, sadly, the USS Wahoo went out on patrol in 1943 and was sunk in combat. Ooh. Uh, so that actually, the the uh, Dudley Walker Morton died in combat uh, next year. The Copperfin submarine was an exact scale model of a real U.S. Navy submarine, but before military uh, security, since this was ongoing war, you know they used a bunch of different pieces of things to make to disguise it and make it look different. Kind of, it's really interesting. Uh, this is one of four movies made uh, by Hollywood during the 1940s, which were about to the Doolittle do Raid. Four movies, first three considered fictionalized are this one, The Purple Heart, Bombardier, and then 30 Seconds Over Tokyo. Apparently, the last one is actually supposed to be like a pretty historical account of exactly what happened. Really? Whereas this one, you know, obviously, Cary Grant's character and stuff like that aren't no, there. Really. Yeah, they're fictionalized. Oh, sorry, the latter being the most accurate and least fictional. Yeah, yeah, so 30 Seconds Over Tokyo. Uh, although Copperfin is regarded a Gatto, uh, a Gato, Gato, Gato? Class Gato. boat, Gato, Gato class boat, uh, based on studio footage. Uh, she's probably more uh, correctly a salmon class or a Sargo class, based on where the torpedoes were and um, and what was in operation during the time of the Doolittle Rid. Yep, I believe that. Uh, Columbia Pictures loaned Cary Grant to Warner Brothers to make this movie. In exchange, Warner Brothers loaned Humphrey Bogart to Columbia for the film Sahara. Interesting fact. Isn't that always so funny to think about they back were like, then? They were like, you're owned, owned by yeah, this. Yeah. 
Uh, so this was, as you mentioned, this was nominated for Best Writing Original uh, Story Oscar. And then uh, John Garfield plays the ladies' man character, and he had kind of a sad backstory. So um, he was accused of being a communist, mostly because his, uh, his, his wife had at one point been part of the Communist Party. And so during the Red Scare, he was blacklisted. He was called mm-hmm. in front of um, the committee, the Congress, uh, McCarthy uh, Committee in, in Congress, and then blacklisted. And he died of a heart attack in, at the age of 39, um, allegedly or, or presumably because of the stress or allegedly, I guess, because of the stress of that, yeah. all that. And so his most famous role is probably uh, as a boxer in Body and Soul. It's kind of the first great boxing film ever made. And interesting for our season uh, 10 boxing movies. Uh, There's so, a lot of good boxing movies. There is a lot of them. So which other famous boxers from cinematic history would do well in this film? Ooh. All right. So obviously we got to start with Sly Stallone, Rocky himself. Who is he in this one? <laughs> in this movie? Uh, I, you know, I, I, I'm going to throw something out there. It's going to be real weird for this one. The cook? No, I wasn't going to say the cook. That's, uh. a, that's also a good one because little known fact about Sly Stallone is he's like a lot of his films in the 80s he was like obsessed with food. And so like, if you watch Cobra, he's constantly being like, you shouldn't eat that. Like, what are you putting into your body? Like, why are you eating that? <laughs> um, that was my slice alone impression. Thank you guys. Very Thank good. You guys. Um, <laughs> uh, but no, I was thinking Mike, the guy who ends up getting stabbed. Cause he'd be like, Hey, you know, oh, I yeah. do believe in God. Do I need to do you taste the water? Do you know it's so salty? If <laughs> <laughs> you like, just look at him and be like, what the hell? Right. <laughs> I can see him jumping in to grab the guy yeah. in the water, grab him, like, I'll just grab him. I can't do it. Oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Like can, yeah. I'll just grab him out of the water with my arm. <laughs> like that. And then get stabbed. Yeah. Yeah. He's yeah. like, Whoa, I'm not that actually not hurt. I'm slice alone. <laughs> if I had to be serious, yeah. <laughs> I would put him as the Greek. I think he could do the Greek. Oh. Interesting. Even though he's uh, even though he's the Italian stallion, he's the Italian. But I think he could do uh, a Greek uh, accent or whatever he needs to do. And if you know, I mean he's Greek American, so he probably doesn't have much of a Greek accent. But I feel like he could have acted the post burial at sea scene. Oh, really good. Yeah, I agree with that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. What about Dolph Lundgren, his foe in Rocky IV? Oh man, Dolph. You mean Dolph Lundgren from Agent Red? Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Given Agent Red, you'd think he'd be the captain. Because that dick's ready to come out. Yeah. Uh, Dolph Lundgren. Who would I even want him to be in this? See, I, I almost- I would want Dolph to be- As long as Sly Stallone is Mike, I want him to be Slim, the guy who he's mentoring. So then as Sly Stallone <laughs> and Dolph in like scenes together, being like, eh, what about God, the player? And Dolph Lundgren's <laughs> like, if you die, you die. Who needs it? Oh, actually, that makes me think that he should be, uh, he should be Pills. He's like, oh, pills. He could be good at if that. If you die, you die. I don't the, believe it. The slim guy has to go into hit like narrow space. So Dolph, yeah, Dolph's it's not, not going to fit. Yeah, they make. Um, they call me slim. I'm like, really? <laughs> yeah. uh, for real? <laughs> you know, you're like six foot ten on a submarine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I'm thinking pills. That'd be a pretty good one. It could be. Just punch right Watch into that Dolph abdomen. Lundgren, yeah. Pull out that appendix. <laughs> Didn't even need a knife. No. What about uh, Robert De Niro? Raging Bull. De Niro. I would put him. I thought Cary Grant did so good, though. Yeah, um, he's a different guy. He's different than Cary Grant, but you'd think he would get the starring role in this guy. Yeah, you would think so. They didn't really have any other, you know, veterans in it. They were all kind of young kids, and then Cary. Well, Grant. it could be it could be young Robert De Niro, and then you could imagine him maybe being Wolf, like kind of like rugged, <sighs> rugged, good looks. You got another guy. I'm hoping you got <laughs> yeah, on there. True. What about uh, Million Dollar Baby herself, Hillary Swank? Ooh, Hillary Swank. I think she would probably have a, a cameo as the Tokyo Rose voice. Yeah. Oh, really? I was going to say Tokyo Rose. That is Rose very thing. sexist of you. I think she should be Cary Grant's character, wow. Captain, because she's a powerful woman. There you go. I'd say cast her as Tokyo Rose, but give her equal pay. Very good. Very progressive. I like that. Uh, what about Mark Wahlberg? <laughs> Mark Wahlberg. That's our guy. That's Wolf, Wolf, right? Yeah, yeah that's, that's Wolf. Wolf for sure. And we have that scene basically straight out of Boogie Nights where he pulls out just the- <laughs> He just pulls it right out. And he's like, yeah. take a look, guys. Talking about his biceps. Right. He just pulls out his arms. Yeah. Out of the, the parka that he's been wearing. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, I had another one. Michael B. Jordan. But I'm not sure really we need to talk about that. Let's just jump to the end. Ed Harris. Ed Harris would be, if this was the abyss Ed Harris, yeah. he'd be Wolf. You think he'd be Wolf? Okay, yeah. interesting. He'd like make, he'd make uh, Wahlberg mop up his vomit. Very good. Um, 
You think he would be the captain since he's got that steely good looks, <laughs> I wish rippling there was abs? A ton of clones of Ed Harris in a movie. I want those ve- veiny biceps, like, like, a, uh, yeah. like really, like uh, right there, right? I would love a movie like that, like a multiplicity type movie on <laughs> it's a all, submarine. It's, it's just all, all Ed, all Ed Harris. Harris. <laughs> like, all right, what is this? And to finish up my part, let's get into the oh, Phantom Zone. Engage the Phantom. And so uh, this was an easy run um, because of research I had done before for some other movies. Um, Didn't go anywhere, I thought, until now. Mm. Uh, So Cary Grant was not only in this submarine film, but he's also in Operation Petticoat, which features a pink submarine. Kind of probably the only pink submarine we'll see. It's kind of famous for Operation Petticoat. We'll see. Not the only yellow submarine we'd see if it was yellow. It's true. Um, This film also features Gavin McLeod, who also played a seaman. In Mikhail's Navy, the original 1964 film, not the Tom Arnold classic. Let's be clear. That's what I was Not thinking. Tom Arnold classic. That film features the capture of a Japanese sub, uh, which I was a little worried because Mikhail's Navy, it's like not even, he's not a sub, he's on a boat. So like, I was like, is there a sub in this one? But yeah, because yes, I was looking at the whole yeah. Tim Curry thing. He's in that huge boat. Yeah. Like, is that a sub? No. That also stars, Mikhail's Navy also stars Ernest Borgnine. Oh, we right We saw there. him in Ice Station Zebra, but we're not going to use that one. We're going to instead use Torpedo Run because from Ice Station Zebra, we jumped through Ernest Borgnine to Torpedo Run. So I'm going to use that track. So jump into that. Skipping one. LQ Jones uh, is in Torpedo Run and Battle of the Coral Sea. It features Tiro Shimada, who we know from Unsilent Deep, but we also previously used uh, from in You Only Live Twice. From there, we follow Previous Path back to Phantom with Connery in Hunt for Red October to In Enemy Hands to U571 to Navy Seals to The Abyss to Phantom. Craziness. It's no big deal. It really doesn't. It just works every time. It does. Every yeah. sub movie can be tied back with sub actors or actresses or producers for Stinger, whatever that was. It was a special effects artist. Okay. Don't belittle my fandom. accomplishment. No. I'm not. That's I'm I thought Stinger was gonna be your kryptonite. Oh, I did it. But yeah, so there we go. Perfect. Yeah. I feel good about it. You should. Thank you. If you've done one thing in life, it's this. That's true. I don't have any kids yet, but even after, this will be my biggest accomplishment. <laughs> well, little Mikey, I used to get ready I for it. I'd be proud of you, but did you ever know what your dad used to do? Future children, if you're when you're listening to this, obviously you will. Just know that this is my biggest accomplishment. <laughs> Connecting Stinger to the Phantom. For sure. It's it's sub 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 world world wide wide. So, today, you mentioned this a little bit earlier, the sub that's portrayed in the movie as the Copperfin is the Gato class. It is cons- It is a Gato class, even though that historically doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Mm-hmm. That name instantly threw me off because, I don't know if you guys know this, but I took three years of Spanish in high school. Mm-hmm. Um, so and I thought it was cat class. Yes. Cat. Cat is Spanish. Sorry. Gato is Spanish <laughs> for cat. Cat is Spanish for gato. Yes. Which is also Spanish for cat. It's weird. It's a secular <laughs> thing, really. Yes. But actually, uh, this was named after the cat shark. So it is kind of a play on the Spanish thing. I'm learning so much already. Yeah. And so this, I don't know if you know what a cat shark looks like, but you know what nope. a, a placostomus for uh, an aquarium? It's like the little algae eater. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're, they're, aren't they like uh, bottom dwelling sharks? Yeah. They look, they look like that, but in shark form. So Great. <laughs> yeah. For all you listeners, try to spell placostomus and <laughs> look it up. Fine. Well, but one thing, you can just hold this close to your Alexa or Siri or whatever, and then maybe it'll pick up what we're saying. Yeah. Search placostomus. Um, Perfect. All right. So this is the first mass production U.S. sub for World War II. Wow. And, I know. It's kind of cool. That is really cool. It's largely responsible for destroying... Many Japanese merchant ships and the Imperial Japanese Navy in World War II. And so these are fleet submarines, which means that they operate out in front of a fleet of ships. And so they're going around kind of running scouting missions, and they'll radio back when they find ships or something like that and so they can prepare for battle, and then the subs will start engaging them beforehand. So for a sub like this, you need fast surface speed and heavy arm- armament. But uh, the dive times on these boats were a lot slower than the German and British counterparts. 
Because they were operating in the Pacific, they needed to have more fuel, so these boats are much larger. So it just makes sense they're going to go a little bit slower. However, it's not always about going fast Mm -mm. because these are much more luxurious than other Navy subs. I think they were trying to trying to show that to us. So then they're talking about like having steaks on board and mm-hmm. and thing and, and what at the end when it's getting real hot because like the air conditioning had basically broken yeah. and stuff like that. So they were kind of giving hints that they had these things on there uh, right. in, on that sub. That yeah. other countries didn't necessarily have. Right. So they did have air conditioning, refrigerated food storage, freshwater distillation units, clothes washers, and bunks for every crew member. So, well, that sounds like commonplace so in most of our they lives. Didn't, uh, they were crazy. Like, so where were some people? I guess some people were just sleeping on the floor in like the torpedo room or something. Or maybe you just like share your sleeping shifts or something. Yeah, like that. yeah, that's right. That's right. That's probably what it is. Yeah. yeah. So let's get into some of the specs of these things. They're diesel electric. They have four diesel engines that drive electrical generators, and these generate 5,400 horsepower while surfaced. The batteries, which are 126 cell, generate 2,740 horsepower while they're submerged. Great. I know, right? It's hard to put that into perspective with anything. Well, it's just a similar, like when we get a sub, it won't have an engine. We're just going to strap about 2,000 horses to it. And yeah. then that's how we'll kind of ride Sea around. Horses. We'll have to be near, well, no, we'll have to be near like kind of some land for the horses to run on, but then they'll have a rope that kind of tows us along. What is It'll the, be fine. What's the... Um, Talking about seahorses? Are you trying yeah, to think of yeah, seahorses? The conversion from seahorse power to horsepower. Oh, I mean, I don't know. We'll have to do intense research about this. Yeah. Okay. See if we can get some funding. Yep. Uh, so anyway, they're 311 foot, eight inches long while they're surfaced. Wow, they it's pretty cru- big. It is big. They can cruise around at 21 knots. That's 24 miles per hour for all of us land people. Uh, submerged, cruising along at nine knots or 10 miles per hour. The range is 11,000 nautical miles. Wow. Endurance, while they're submerged, they can be submerged for 48 hours. So it makes sense with what they were doing in the movie, how they'd yeah. surface only to, while they're in the bay, only to run the generators and quick get back down. Although they could go for 75-day patrols, which is quite a long time. And their crush depth, 300 feet. Very nice. They held six officers and 54 enlisted men. They also had 10 torpedo tubes six forward four aft right so that was kind of what they were kind of saying is like not only were it was this class not yet really up and running yet mm-hmm. by that time or wouldn't have been part of that mission or whatever because these were but they had four and four so yeah these were let's see i think it was like 41 to 45 or oh, something so they were if, built yeah so it would have been well, yeah but they would have been like brand new yeah so they also have a 50 cal deck gun and they have this Beaufort's gun which we've seen on other submarines Beaufort's, Beaufort's. Whichever one it is. is. But that's the most popular one, any aircraft multipurpose gun. So, 77 of these things were built. 20 of them were lost. Five retired. Six of them are preserved in the U.S. And a lot of them were sold to other countries. So, we sold them to Italy, Turkey, Greece, Brazil. And this is kind of a weird slap in the face, I think, based on what we saw. We sold them to Japan. Hmm. (laughs) But if you want to go take a (laughs) tour of one, you could go to Gavel's. Eh, Galveston, Texas, Manitowoc, Wisconsin, oh, Cleveland, Ohio. Cleveland, Ohio? Yes. Buffalo, New York, Mobile, Alabama, or Muskegon, Michigan. That sounds like road trip. <laughs> yes. We're going to do them all. Yeah. All right. I like there it. There we go. <laughs> that was great. Thank you so much. Thanks. I learned so much on our podcast. I do what I can. So, Brian, what you got? All right, I got a countdown for Ooh. us. Here we go. Insert audio clip here. Great. You're not supposed or to I can say that. Something. I'm just supposed to. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what do you got? You got a good song? Uh, Well, no, I was just thinking like Zach's last week was pretty good. I could do something like that. <laughs> Shows what you do you remember got. Zach's last week? Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, anyway <laughs> what's, what's your countdown? <laughs> Thank you. Um, okay, so uh, last week we completed our 15th episode. So we got 15 in the books, 15th anniversary, the crystal anniversary. Wow. To commemorate it, I want to um, give everyone sort of an update on where our scores are lining up and share our top five films to this to this point. I don't know if I'm stepping on anybody's heels. I don't know if you planned on doing all of this at a, at a later date, but... It's fine. You just totally uh, wrecked it. It's whatever. 
All right. Well, you can let me know. Uh, no, you're fine. I won't. I won't do any more after this. I was going to give some periodic updates and maybe do like a top five, bottom, uh, bottom of the barrel uh, movies uh, at some point as I well. I already know those. <laughs> well, yes, we already know those, but the scores are kind of funny. Yeah. But here we go. Here's the top five to this point, and we actually it needs to be updated after tonight. We got a. We got a. Uh, Destination Tokyo is an infiltrator now into the top five, but this is uh, as of uh, 15 episodes in the books. Number five is Black Sea. Wow. Surprise. Yeah. I'm, I'm happy it made it. I really enjoyed that one. Um, it's uh, one that I uh, you recorded three different times, but the episode finally made it out. And yeah. It, uh, it was a good movie. Uh, Kyle, you gave it an 8.5. Jamie gave it a 7. Mm. Alex gave it a 5.5. He didn't enjoy it. <laughs> Zach gave it a 6. I gave it an 8 for a total score of 7.0. Ooh, wow. Number 4 is K-19, The Widowmaker. Interesting. All right. I like that. Kyle gave it a classy 6.9. Jamie gave it a 6.5. Un- Alex underestimated gave it, an- it, I think. <laughs> well, Alex is carrying the weight here. He gave it an 8.8. 8. Yeah. Uh, Zach gave it a 7.5, and I gave it a 7 for a total of 7.34. Uh, number three is Ice Station Zebra. Nice. Kyle, you gave that a 7.5. Jamie gave it a 7. Alex gave it an 8.5 for a total score of 7.67. Ooh. Number two, uh, uh, and this is where... Um, Tokyo, uh, Destination Tokyo would be interjecting because that got a 7.75 as of tonight. Uh, but number two with an 8.0 is Run Silent, Run Deep. Uh, Kyle giving it an 8, Jamie giving it an 8, Alex giving it an 8. <laughs> All right, even across the board. Yeah, because it's a great movie. It is. Check good. it out, Brom. Check that shit out. I will. I will. And um, honorable mention, the funny one is Crimson Tide. Yeah. Did not make the list here. Oh, because of fucking Zach. Because uh, Kyle gave it a 10, Jamie gave it a 10, yeah. and Zach gave it a 0. .5. Oh, what an asshole because he didn't watch it. Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> I was and waiting it for it to 6. be number 1. <laughs> I got a 6.83 regardless. I was it waiting made for the it list to be the regardless. top one. That's what I thought my it was going to be. Yeah, it is my most fun one. So what's, oh, I think I know the last one then. It's got to be the number abyss. One is, no, number one is U571. Really? Wow, I don't agree with that. <laughs> that should be, but fine. Well, you guys gave it. You guys got on me for giving it a seven. Hey, you I guys, liked it. Uh, Kyle, you gave it an eight. Jamie a seven point five. Alex a nine point five. And Zach giving it a perfect ten. Oh, that's right, because those tiny. Where did um? Where'd the abyss fall? Uh, the abyss is currently sitting at uh number seven. What's above that? Crimson Tide is at six. Oh, okay, oh, gotcha. I, I keep forgetting about that. Well, I, I I don't think we did necessarily the best because I actually I think I think runs personally for me runs out run deep, and uh this one destination Tokyo I like better than U five seven one I actually liked K nineteen probably slightly better but although I don't, I'm sure my score I don't think my scores actually reflect that in the end yeah. I underestimated K nineteen I think, um, mm. and then obviously Crimson Tide because Zach only watched five seconds of it and turned it off. I think he watched the opening credits. I don't even think he saw the birthday party. No, he didn't. He just saw the text scroll and then was like, I hate this movie because I don't like text. I don't like reading. What is this? What is this, a book? And then he turned it off. <laughs> yeah, Zach completely derailed these because the point five on Crimson Tide then giving U571 a perfect 10 kind of <laughs> kind of disrupted the flow of things a little hey, bit. Man. All right. Different folks, different strokes, right? Yeah. Uh, does anyone have news, sub-news? Anything you saw this week that you were interested in? I mean, obviously we saw that they released a trailer for The Meg, the Statham movie, where oh, he's on like a little yeah. submersible. So we're pretty excited about Battling that. Battling sharks. Yeah, so we're pretty excited about that. Um, I'm not sure if there was uh, any major you know, sub-news in general, but that was certainly something that we were interested in. We should really reach out to the makers of The Meg um, and see if they want to maybe come on, promote the movie, maybe invite us to the premiere. Anyone? Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm uh, thinking. I got a tux. I already own it. Don't worry about it. You don't have to rent it for me. Ooh. Makers of The Meg. <laughs> um, I got it myself. I want a seat next to Jack Black. He's not in the movie. Oh, he's, but he's just going to be there. Well, I mean, who wouldn't be at the premiere? That's true. He, he has a huge Statham head. Everyone knows that. Please. So we know we know Jason, uh, Mr. Statham to most people, but we know he uh, he listens. So Jason, 
hook us up. We want to be there in your underwater adventure. Funny, I just Googled sub news, and yeah. the first thing is subprime mortgages. Obviously. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But I don't know. doesn't look like there's a huge amount. Click or a substitute please. teacher ran classroom fight club. Yeah, you got to do some latest submarine news. Uh, got to click that one. I like these. I like these a lot. No, no, click, click these other ones. Why isn't it working? Um, Sub teacher yeah, running so a there fight do, club. There does seem to be a lot of substitute teacher news out there. Yes. <laughs> You're going to get some dominatrix news in there, too. Great. Is there a lot of news with that? Jamie. I'm, I'm really it. messing up this, uh, this iPad. Oh. Uh, and, and the search for the Argentinian sub. We already knew about the Xbox, you, Xbox controller. controller. No, we don't, like, we don't have new, our news yeah, anchor. Not, nothing too much. Yeah, yeah. Nothing, nothing super new, but that, yeah. that, Meg, that Meg trailer was, was of interest to us. It is. It's going to be cool. Yep. All righty. Is that it? OMG, guys. That's it. That's is that Destination Tokyo? It's Destination Tokyo. It's Destination okay, Tokyo. so so our one of our first films for a production company should be Final Destination Tokyo. Oh, <laughs> where it's Final Destination, but on a sub during the Doolittle raid. Loving it. Yeah. I was hoping you're going to try to recast Sean William Scott from Final Destination. Who said he wasn't going to cast in it? I think he's the first call. <laughs> <laughs> Behind Ed Harris. All right. Second call. <laughs> <laughs> Beside William Fickner and uh, David Duchovny? He's one of the calls. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Submersion. Find us on SoundCloud and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. the gallant officers and men of the silent service, to our submarines now on war patrol in hostile waters, good luck and good hunting. (laughs) 